0: Today's our guest is Saket Jain from Impact Wealth Builders. Welcome, Saket.
1: Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rama. I really appreciate it.
0: Sure. Thank you very much. Little bit about Saket. Saket has over 15 plus years of experience in real estate investing. Over the, pop, over the last five years, Saket has taken a particular interest in Class B and C multifamily apartments in markets that have strong fundamentals. Saket, along with his partners, has built a portfolio of over 2,000 units totaling $200 million in assets across several U.S. markets, generating consistent double-digit annual returns. In addition to investing, Saket currently sells as a business operations leader at Airbnb headquarters. Prior to that, Saket, in his role as a business consultant, built, launched, and led profitable new ventures in the technology and financial sectors. So with that, Saket, do you want to add anything to your background?
1: Uh, I think I should hire you as my spokesperson, man. This is good. You, you covered it all.
0: Cool. So how did you get into real estate and multifamily? So you are working on technology side and financial sector. Yeah. How did you get into
1: this? Uh, yeah, estate? that's actually a very good question. Um, and it takes me back to 2016. You know, I came to, uh, I, if my accent didn't give away or my name didn't give away, I grew up in India. Um, and uh, I did everything right, right? I went to IIT back home in India. I went for an MBA at Columbia Business School. Um, I worked at the top consulting firms. I have worked at, Fortune 500 firms, everything was done according to the script drama. You know, back in 2016, uh, a decision was made by my then employer to essentially fire the entire team that we had. Um, and that's really what changed the whole thing for me. Because, you know, as an immigrant, I didn't want to be in a situation where my financial decisions, my financial future is getting impacted by 5, 10, 15 people in a boardroom Really don't even know what my life is about. Who am I? What my performance is? It's all about what works for the company, uh, and that—that that really what made me flip my script. As in, what works for Socket? Let's ask that question first. What works is for his family, for his immediate uh, responsibilities, and that's when I started looking for opportunities where there were more cash flow, where I could grow my wealth, and if certain decision which I have no control on. Or to no fault of mine, if if this decision were ever to be made again, I don't have to, uh, you know, take my kids out of private school, move in with my in-laws, move different states, um, go through the process of shame and guilt and everything else. That's really what launched my career and uh, my trajectory into a, um, a multifamily. Great,
0: great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That definitely that positively impacted your life, you know. It
1: didn't seem like that uh, when it was happening, it was very painful, uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad looking back that that happened to me. If it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have, uh, I would have lived the life that, that I thought was perfect. Okay. Okay. Got it. So
0: Shami, me like how is your, you no know, real estate journey and
1: mm-hmm. what
0: kind of challenges you faced early, early part of your career, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, as um, making a decision is very easy executing upon the decision sometimes is harder, right? So it was very clear for me, real estate is a journey, is path for me for financial freedom. However, I had no idea how to get there, right? I mean, we had a few uh, single family homes, condos, townhomes uh, that, that we had purchased along the way, me and my wife. However, most of them were purchased for cash appreciation, not necessarily for cash flow. So the first easy decision was, let's dispose of, 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 uh, of, of some of the condos that we had, and let's convert them into cash, positive cash flow producing assets. So we did that. Uh, bought some turnkeys, bought some uh, fix and flips, did some work there. Well, very quickly I realized, Brahma, uh, that if I, if I need to scale my portfolio to a point where it's going to have a positive impact for me and my family in terms of financial uh, financial perspective, it's going to take me lifetime. Right, it's going to take a lot of effort to get there. Yeah. Um, so that's when I started looking at other opportunities and and started talking to my ecosystem, both within and without, uh, because I started reaching out to mentors, coaches. Uh, I think you and I know a few people in common. Just every path led to multifamily for me. I'm not saying that was the only path available for everyone. I'm sure there are other paths as well. But for me, multifamily spoke to me. Right. So that's when I got into it. And my journey has not been easy. My first deal was a deal that I fortunately or unfortunately underwrote entirely by myself, found by myself, negotiated, closed, uh, closed the loan on that. And everything was done by me as an individual. And I put the team together for it. It took me, it it really took five months away from my life. I was still employed. I had a family. I have two little girls, seven and nine-year-olds, uh, were back then a little bit younger. So, and I didn't see my wife. You know, when the, and the deal fell through, right? So towards the three weeks before the deal was about to close, the deal fell through. So that's when I realized that, um, you know, I need to figure out more. There's more to learn. There's more to it than just uh, doing it on paper. And I started partnering with uh, other other successful syndicators who, are, who have experience beyond me. Beyond my experience, right? That's really where my journey was. And since then, I've been partnering along uh, several co-GP deals now. Uh, there's a deal that we have currently going on. I'm not sure if that's going to be active when we release it. It's a 252-unit deal in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. Um, if, the, if the podcast release date aligns with our close date, I would love to talk to somebody about that as well.
0: Awesome, awesome. So uh, you have technology background, uh, engineering, I think engineering background, and also you did MBA, and also worked in financial and technology sector. Mm-hmm. And also you did some, you know, flips and uh, you know, uh, I mean, re- rental units like single family condos and mm-hmm. stuff. So what are the lessons you learned from that and implementing into your multi-family syndication?
1: The biggest lesson that I could think of is really Rama about you need to be clear on what you want. Right? And there's there's several ways to get you there. And along the way, if you're not clear what you want, you're going to get a shiny penny syndrome. And for those of you who don't understand it, it's like um, if you've ever seen a squirrel, they're never still, right? They're always looking for something next. They're never, ha- they're never content. They're never happy. They're never only focused on what one thing that they're focusing on. It really, your attention becomes like a, like a squirrel. Where today, Rama told me something is good. I'm going to go do that. Tomorrow, I made somebody else. They told me that is good. I'm going to do that. Day after tomorrow, something else, Right. You're not you're not focused on what what's gonna get you there, and the problem, the root cause of that is you're not really clear clear where you want to go. And if you don't know what you where you want to go, any path will take you there. That's a pretty simple. That's in a day, it's not, it's not something I came up with. Uh, it's a well-known uh, 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 saying that you got to make sure that you have a path defined for you. The how will happen eventually, but you need to be clear on where do you want to go and what does it mean to you? What price you're willing to pay? And when I say price, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the sacrifice of the family, the, um, the resources, right? The mental power, everything else is a resource for me. How many resources are you willing to commit to make that goal, to make that dream a success. I think once you have that, the how will happen for you, right? And also it has to be connected to a bigger purpose, right? If you're basically saying I want to be a billionaire or millionaire with an M or a B, uh, that's okay, but that's a very selfish goal. And eventually along the way, you'll realize that while you're accomplishing that goal and getting closer to it, you're not necessarily fulfilled or happy. And the intensity of your commitment towards that goal is going to drop, right? So if you can tie a bigger purpose around whatever you do, you're. I'm almost confident that even during the adversities, your passion, your commitment towards the goal that you're trying to achieve and the path you picked is not going to change. Like for us, it's really educating kids in India, right? We redirect all of our profits uh, to make sure that we can, we can help kids in India being educated we're not, Roma, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about kids, like your kids or my kids. I'm actually talking about the grassroots level, right? Where they don't know where the next uh, more cell is coming. It's going to our food is going to come from. So we want to try and figure out how can we make a small dent in our existence where we can impact at least one life, hopefully more than that. And through education, where we can support them to make sure they can actually think about being the, being the next generation of wealth builders, Rama. Right? We want to make sure that they are they're 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 able to have the, the resources are made available to them, where they can uh, they can educate themselves, they can elevate themselves from the current situation, and start thinking about, hey, I actually want to be a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire. And right now, they can't even dream that because it's an aspiration, but it's not a real goal for them. And we want to make it real for them.
0: Got it. Yeah, thank you. And why before how, you know? And
1: the why before how? Yeah, you said it correctly. Yeah. And I'm actually going to steal that. I've never used that before, but I'm going to steal that. <laughs> why before the how is very important
0: yeah and also bigger purpose what is the purpose behind you know doing stuff yeah thank you and you know that's
1: that's not gonna happen overnight it's a it's a journey right hopefully i mean thankfully we know where our our life journey has showed us our purpose uh but it's a very personal journey and i would want to make sure that while things are going in your favor because believe me when you get laid off or when when adversity hits you're not going to be in that mindset to think about your life's purpose it's when the things are going well with you. Everything is going as you had planned for. That's when you want to take a pause and ask yourself that question. And that's going to be the most productive question, most important question that you've ever asked yourself. What is my purpose? Not what is, why am I here? But what is my purpose that I want to serve? And that purpose may change, but at least at that moment, you have to figure out what that purpose is. Got it. Got
0: it. So from a mindset point of view, from uh, employee to investor, so... Uh, what helped you to change, you know, from in a employee to investor mindset point of? How exactly you developed that mindset, you know?
1: Yeah, so I think it's uh, it's it's the purpose. To be honest, uh, we asked ourselves the question: If I can always find a job, I knew that 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 wasn't a, that wasn't gonna, not going to be a hard thing. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of time. I knew I had belief in myself that I'll eventually find it. Once I got back to my senses, it took me about two to three months to um, go get over the depression, the anger, and all the negative feelings. Um, but once it happened, it was really more about what is that we want to do, and how are we going to accomplish that? And when that goal, the purpose, the approach became very clear, then it was more about assessing the gap from where I was to where I need to go. Right. And both in terms of skills, mindset, temperament, ecosystem, strategy. I think thankfully for me, I was a consultant. i was all I was trained to ask these questions for somebody else. I just had to flip it and just ask those questions, same questions to myself, which unfortunately I'd never paid attention to. So it was more about, hey, what do I need to do differently from whatever I'm doing today to get me to a place where I need to be there? And it showed up in a few different things, right? One was uh, I needed to have the right mindset, right? Because, um, my belief, like everyone else's belief, is a steady paycheck is a secure paycheck. That was a big unlearning I had to do. A steady paycheck is not a secure paycheck. A steady paycheck is just that, a steady paycheck. While you're employed, the moment you get laid off or fired or you have a health concern or uh, some, of the, some of the reasons in your life that's not going to allow you to work, that steady paycheck is going to be gone. There's no longer a security, right? So that un, that unlearning had to happen. And I, you know, I need to get comfortable With unsteady paycheck, or I need to create my own cash flow stream so I can generate or replicate some level of consistency in the paychecks, right? But it's never going to be consistent. An entrepreneur journey is going to be you're going to make a 30,000 today, the next four months, three months, two months, you may not make any money, right? And then you're going to make a hundred K. So it's going to be ebbs and flows. And I I wasn't ready for that. So I had to mentally train myself to get ready for that. Second is going to be, um, you know, at work, you may, depending upon your roles, you may be you may be uh, encouraged to be an individual contributor or a team leader in a very specific niche. You're gonna you're gonna focus on a lane and you're gonna stay in your lane. And in that lane, you're allowed to do whatever you need to do. But as an entrepreneur, one day you're a janitor, the second day you're a CEO, the third day you're a CMO, the fourth day you're a CTO, right? You're and 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 on and on and on, right? You're basically playing different roles on every single day, maybe every single hour. You're switching your roles. So you need to be mentally prepared for that as well. And and I I thank for I thank my life right kind of like I have to because I had I had all the skills as a consultant to get there. I just said never combine them all together. And this was my opportunity to not combine it all together. And but the the foundation was mindset and ecosystem. I am a firm believer in. Who, not how. I needed to ask the question instead of, as an employee, I always ask the question, how can I do it? Now I need to retrain myself to ask the question, who do I know or who do I bring in to do this? The question changed, the mentality changed, the mindset changed. And that's really got my journey from an employee to to an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a powerful uh, statement. Like who, not how. If you focus on how, you will not go anywhere. Instead of that, if you focus on who, you know, so definitely, you know, we'll go into right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. So let's switch into multi-family size. So mm-hmm. what markets you are focusing, and what kind of asset classes you are focusing?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, are we predominantly focus on markets that have strong fundamentals, um, because I believe that a strong fundamental may change depending on, depending on what's happening in the macro. As of now. Um, because of the world we live in right now, we look at everything in the Southern Belt, uh, which essentially means Phoenix, Tucson, Houston, Dallas, uh, Carolinas, Florida, aspects of Florida. I know it seemed like such a broad market that I've just given you, but let me add let me add a little bit more context to it. Multifamily is a team sport, right? And there are different roles. There's somebody who finds a the deal. There's somebody who runs the deal. There's somebody who's raising the capital and maintaining the investor relationships. There are different roles that people play in different um, different deal structures. So I essentially partner in each of these markets. I have partners that I've already identified and I exclusively work with those partners. And so a lot of the process, you know how most individuals, most passive and active investors are focusing on the deal. I'm actually first focusing on what market do I, what is my investment thesis? Um, which markets support that thesis? And who are the players in the market that I want to partner with? And are they the right players for me, right? Within them. So that that's the entire process of due diligence for me. And from there, when the deal comes in, when either I find a deal or they find a deal, we review it t- uh, together and kind of make sure, do we want to take this down? and bring it to our investors. That's really, so my focus so far had been B and C, uh, but I'm realizing that the market is switching and I'm trying to go after more stabilized assets. Uh, Given the capital, the turmoil in the capital markets, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. So we're trying to figure out, is there a way for us to um, buy a stabilized asset where we can get a fixed interest rate for the next five, seven, 10 years to bring some certainty back to our investors and manage our risk that way. So right now, uh, this was going to be my first class A acquisition. Uh, that doesn't mean my partners have not done class A before. It's just mine first day for, uh, my first day, my first foray into that. And I think it's the right thing for the investors to get into, uh, to diversify. I'm not saying class A is right or class B is right or class C is right. Everything is right for a specific investment thesis. As long as your thesis aligns with that and your risk tolerance aligns with that asset class, it's a great asset class for you. Got
0: it. So thank you for saying that. Definitely uh, multifamily is a team game. And and what role you are playing, and what is your criteria in selecting, you know, teams?
1: For me, my role is as needed. I'm always the asset management a part of the asset management team. I do not bring investors in my deal that I can that I have no, that I don't have my hands in. Right. So that's a role that if somebody, if a, if a, if a team comes along and they don't need asset management or they don't want me on the asset management team, I'm not gonna. I've, that's not gonna be a good partnership for me that's one and the second thing is what I'm looking in a partnership is I'm looking for partners who have a good better than me the track record that's better than me if not equal right we want to make sure that there's partnership that I bring something to the table and they're bringing something for me as well I am a hands-on active um, active uh, uh, investor so I make sure that I touch the asset I touch the team I am engaged in every single reporting that goes out I'm basically p- part of the every except so let's just say in a in a, in a deal, where I did not acquire the deal because there was a deal that uh, that was the the other team that were acquiring it, I still underwrite the deal as if I was going to acquire it myself. And I just still do the market research. I was going to do that. I still do make the property visits. I still do all the... Comp analysis myself. I do everything myself to make sure that uh, is my underwriting aligning with that their underwriting. So it's it's essentially running the deal as if it was going to be my own deal. And then uh, part of the loan process, part of the closing process, part of the investor relationships, uh, making sure that uh, the 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 all the teams are speaking the same language. And I'm I'm presenting the entire team in a good uh, in a good limelight. Got it.
0: Got it. Thank you. So would you share any of your best? multifamily
1: investing experience so far. I think it's uh, it's just so many of them, and I'm really excited about the latest deal that we have, Rama. To be honest, uh, because that's an asset class which opened my eyes to it's it's kind of like interesting. You quite asked that question: is when you know an asset class so well. B and C has been a bread and butter for me. I understand that asset class very well. The challenge is you can be closed. Right? You need to you need to always be look out on what's happening in the market so you can pivot. So a few folks, few of my colleagues, syndicator colleagues, have talked about shifting to class A. I actually just kind of ignored them. Um, that wasn't right for me, right? So for me, the best lesson learned through the entire thing is keep your ears to the ground. Make sure you see what's happening in the market. And just because you have picked an asset class at that moment because of whatever was happening in your life and in in your investor's life and in the market, that does not mean you cannot change that decision. You have to be flexible enough to make sure you can make adjustments to whatever decision you made depending on what the market is doing. And hence, for me, it's probably going to be a hybrid of class A, B, and C. And beyond that, I'm also looking at other asset classes, um, crypto mining, uh, we're looking at ATM funds, we're looking at car washes, We're looking at where oil and gas, we're looking at where does it make sense to deploy our investors' capital um, so that we can communicate to them the risk profile that a specific asset class offers and how can they overcome that and how can they benefit from that.
0: So would you also share any challenging experience, Worst or challenging experience?
1: Also? Yes, definitely. Most of them are challenging. As you know, being an investor yourself and active and passive, uh, it's always going to be a deal is never going to be how you planned it to be. And we'll talk about my first deal where everything was going well up until the end where it was a fanny loan. Fannie cut our loan proceeds by $2.4 million, right? And once that happened, we were not ready for it. We couldn't have raised $2.4 million extra additional in a one-week timeframe. We could have, but what would have happened is it would have materially changed the deal. So we didn't want to do that. for the For the numbers that we had talked about with our investors, we couldn't have justified those numbers going forward. So we had to actually pause and do what, what made sense to do. We returned our investor's capital. We could, we had an option to just kind of continue going forward with it um, and risk the investor capital, but we didn't see it right. So the most challenging experiences, there's going to be a lot of temptations that's going to come, especially when you're handling a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you just have to know that why you're doing it and go back to your purpose, go back to your principles, go back to core values, and make sure all of those hold true in any single decision and for us, the foremost is in uh, preserving the investor capital. And we want to make sure that we're doing right by that, uh, through that through that pillar for us. And that's what helped us make that decision.
0: Good, good. So any personal habits that are helping you to be successful?
1: Mindset. Um, just, you know, it's a constant journey. Um, I have coaches for every aspect of my life. I do have a coach for high performance as well. And it's a constant reminder I fall off the rails every every so often, right? That things happen in the life where you get sidetracked. Um, just make sure for me, it's my family and my coaches who actually remind me of my purpose sometimes because they're looking at things very objectively. So having that objective mindset Objective reasoning, a person with objective reasoning in my life is really important to me because I know at times I may be tempted to make a decision that may not be right for me. I'll never make a decision that's not right for my investors, but I sometimes may bypass my own emotions for me. And I want to make sure I'm always kept in check. That's really my personal habit. I'm always looking for feedback, critical feedback, constructive feedback. And uh, through these coaches and uh, and my surrounding ecosystem, I've been very successful, very, very thankful and grateful to them that they keep me in check. Cool.
0: So share me any one personal learning or personal uh, decision that you took major impact on your
1: life. Taking control of my own finances, man. That's the best decision I've done because it's given me the financial freedom uh to kind of see, not be dependent on one single source of income. Because I for me it was true that it they turned off the spigot for me. Um and I know it can happen to anybody. So for now it's more about it since we have been able to do that, we want to offer it to everyone else and see if they if we can help them in their help our investors in their journey to gain financial freedom.
0: Cool any books that impacted
1: your life? It's kind of funny you asked that question. Mindset by Carol Dowell. That is the best book. If you have not read that book, get that book because that's going to change the way you look at people, look at your own abilities, look at your own mind uh, thinking uh, and it's going to move you into the positive direction rather than debilitating you of how who you are today. Cool.
0: So, How can listeners can connect with you? Sorry. Yeah,
1: definitely. My website, impactwealthbuilders.com is the best way to reach out to me. And depending upon when the when the um podcast gets released i'm actually starting my own podcast it's going to be uh migrate to wealth uh, it's not getting launched on october the 15th so if the if this podcast released before or after that you can also find me there cool
0: awesome and thank you very much really
1: enjoy the conversation well, thank you Emma for having me on i really enjoyed the conversation appreciate it sure Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP 360. Check out the
0: show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.